we have actually a church um, bomb shelter. It's in a youth room, so we go down there. Any other places, they like Ikea, you go in, there's a bomb shelter. And so during that time, there were sirens, so everyone's ushered into the bomb shelter. We, we did see some bombs, you know, overhead occasionally. I was in Bethlehem and with a friend from Dallas Seminary, heard the sirens that look in the sky, there's fireworks, and there was a, a missile from Gaza coming and an anti-missile chasing it. Pastor Al Nucharoni is our guest today, all the way from Jerusalem Baptist Church in Israel. Glad to have you, Pastor Al, here in Memphis, Tennessee, and on Mid-South Viewpoint. I first met you back in 2018 when I traveled to Israel with the Bot Radio Network Discovery Tour of the Bible, when we took two separate groups to Israel in 2018, one around June and one in the end of October of that year. Pastor Al, it was an incredible trip for me, my first time to Israel in the June trip, and it was like drinking from a fire hose, and you were part of that experience when we were standing on the Mount of Olives together overlooking, uh, I guess that would be the Eastern Gate. And the Temple Mount. And the Temple Mount, and we were having a Bible study there and fellowship. Then later we went to the Garden Tomb where we broke bread together, had a communion service, and then one of the trips in the evening session, you came to the Inn Ball, the hotel we were staying in in Jerusalem. But thank you so much for being our guest and stopping by the studio while you're in town. I know you're on an incredible uh, travel journey while you're on this brief furlough with your wife, Billy. You're here in Memphis, but you've got stops in uh, California, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, <laughs> Pennsylvania, Washington. Yeah. How do you keep up with all this? Well, we uh, praise God. We have the strength that God gives us, and uh, I have a nice uh, van, 15-seater. There's plenty of room for both of us that was given to me by a pastor who is a Marine veteran in North Carolina. So uh, we're traveling around in that. So far, so good. We've God's kept us safe, and, we, of course, we go out to California or Florida by plane. But other than that, we just started our ground uh, tour, yeah. and this is our first stop. Is there a bed in that van? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could probably find space to yeah. sleep in. But we have a lot of the books and all the stuff that we bring, you know. When you come stateside, and I guess you do it, what, maybe once or every? Once every two years. Okay. What do you like to try to do? Mainly, you're presenting the work, I know, of what God's called yeah, you to. Yes. What are some other things you enjoy while you're stateside? Well, we enjoy uh, seeing our friends and family and friends from churches, too, and to share with churches what God has been doing. Uh, not just to tell them about the land and et cetera, et cetera, but what the people are about, you know, yes. and what God is doing to reach out uh, to save souls. And that's why we're missionaries, even though they don't like that term sometimes over there. But we are on a mission for the Lord to seek and to save that which was lost. So to share that with people, to be encouraged, to uh, also to encourage others, you know, in their uh, prayers for overseas work and their prayers, you know, for our outreach. So we enjoy that. And of course, my wife, she comes along, you know, we're a team and she does uh, her thing and I do my thing, but we do things together. Yeah. You know, she enjoys as a woman, you know, <laughs> yes. shopping, you know, yeah, sure. I don't mind going around shopping as long as I sit down and read a book, <laughs> yeah. but let her go. Yeah. She gets her exercise that way. So, 
Uh, it's been fun. It's kind of fun. It's always fun in the past when we had our kids with us. They yeah. would sing. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mother used to call us the gypsies are coming and said, Mama, we have a house overseas, so don't worry about it. But the kids really enjoyed it. Now they're grown and they have fond memories. So give me a little bit of background of the history and heritage of Nucciarone. Yes. Give me some history and background of your name. Okay, it's Italian. And it, there's only 70 families in the world with that name. And they're all over. But they come from mostly southern Italy in Campobasso. And it really ne- means in Italian a big nut. A big nut. <laughs> so you're a big nut. I'm a big nut. <laughs> and so uh, we used to make, uh, uh, I guess our family, my great-grandfather, were piano makers in Campobasso, Italy. And they immigrated to um, the States. My grandfather and his 12 siblings immigrated like around 1900. And and settled around New Jersey, and my grandfather didn't speak any English, sold pencils on the street, learned English, then went on to uh, Cooper Union to learn to be an architect, and then he went to Columbia University, Beaux-Arts, to be an artist, and so he was an architect artist. The American dream. Yeah, American dream. <laughs> uh, and then my parents were born, and my my mother's uh family also from italy so all four of my grandparents are from italy and uh so the american dream wow come true and uh i guess you call me second generation yeah but uh and fortunately i was called back uh overseas after i got saved to be a missionary in italy and so i learned italian (laughs) so i could speak (laughs) with my grandfather but we we served 12 years in italy then 14 in Vienna, and then 14 now in Jerusalem. So the point of salvation, it really changed the trajectory of your life. Right. Where were you in life prior to salvation? Well, uh, I was the product of a lie. How's that? Well, my mother was Catholic. My father was a Protestant. And they promised the priest that they would raise the kids Catholic. But my father crossed his finger. (laughs) And so when my sister and I were born, we were baptized Presbyterians. But we went to church. My parents sent us. My mother went to her church. My father didn't go to church. And then uh, I think it goes back to my high school days. I had a teacher, a French teacher named Miss Bonjour. And she was a believer. I think she prayed for our class. And then it was a time of crisis in my life, self-acceptance. I didn't feel good about myself. I wrote an essay in English class, which was very negative. And the teacher calls me in and says, Al, this is very negative, And uh, you must feel very bad about yourself. And she gave me an assignment. you got to find a girlfriend. <laughs> she knew I needed someone to love me. So I found one and experienced love and acceptance. I felt so good. Then after two years, she dumped me. So here I was left depressed again. I was 19. Vietnam War was lurking, and I could have been called. And so I was at this stage in my life, and a lot of depression. But then I was working in New York City in a law firm. I wanted to be a lawyer. So I worked in a law firm as a summer job. And I read the paper, and Billy Graham was going to be speaking that night at Shea Stadium. So I said, uh, And what year was this? 1970 in New York City. So I said, I'll go hear Billy Graham, just out of the blue. Went there. Nobody invited me. Newspaper advertisement. Went there, heard the gospel. And it's interesting 
because before I went to the crusade, I stopped by a bookstore. I love free books. Free books, <laughs> yes. Cheap books, okay. Free books and free food, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I got a, a book for 10 cents, Run, Baby, Run, by Nicky Cruz. Oh. I never knew who he was. I went to the crusade. Nicky Cruz gave his testimony. And then Dr. Graham preached the gospel. I went forward. And the counselor. It's always the counselor. He's the best, uh, I think, team member. <laughs> He opened up John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Wow. I said, that's what I've been – somebody who loves me. I, I put my trust in Christ right there. Oh. So that's, it all started there. Al, that is so beautiful. I mean that is definitely a divine appointment, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. God prepared my heart. I was broken. Uh, I, I was even – suicidal in a sense i was so depressed but god in, the, in his sovereignty sent billy graham yes new york city june 25th 1970 you know al i was just thinking early everybody that can hear our voice right now and everybody who's ever been born or will be born in this earth is broken mm. and the, the, the point is do they realize they're broken mm. and realize the options available to them to mm -hmm. restore and fix their brokenness. Mm -hmm. And there's only one person who can do that, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. And he changed your life. He changed my life. I changed the trajectory it, it, for it sure. It did. Here I am, yeah, here in Christian broadcasting, you know. <laughs> okay, there's a rich history of Jerusalem Baptist Church. The Baptist House in Jerusalem was established. Back in 1925, one of Jerusalem's oldest Protestant institutions, what else have you discovered, Al, about this ministry since arriving in Jerusalem? Well, it does have a rich history of the Baptist uh, ministry. It actually, it was started by a an Arab believer who went to the States, I think was saved in First Baptist in Dallas. Criswell's Church. Yeah, Criswell's Church, and he was sent out— um, to go back to Israel to do mission work and then founded the Baptist uh, church movement there, the present Baptist church movement. The Baptist house was built, I think, in um, the early 80s. I mean, they had a, a, a group meeting before that, but they established the Baptist house that was burned down one time, 1982. Uh, then they rebuilt on the same property, uh, before it was a wooden structure, now it's a concrete structure. And then we got another attack, actually, when I was candidating to go there as pastor, 2007, that it was attacked, Molotov cocktail, and they burned hymn books and chairs. And But they got insurance money and were able to replace that. And then in 2012, uh, I, w I was just preaching on building your life on solid ground, Matthew chapter 7. The one who builds his house on a solid ground, you know, the winds come, they'll, they'll stand. And the next day I get a text from a journalist that I know. He said, Al, the Baptist church has been attacked. And I said, oh, no. They bombed it. So it's in ruin. So I go down there. It wasn't attacked in that way. But there was graffiti, death to Christians, Jesus, the son of a prostitute. So because of that, all things work together for good. We got sympathy from the neighbors. I was on Israeli television telling them about how we respond to things like that. And then afterwards, if I may continue, Please. Uh, uh, something that happened was remarkable because we had an Israeli official come and apologize to us 
for that. And then I, I had to go to Bethlehem because every Christmas Eve we do a, a concert in Manger Square. We share the gospel along with other groups too. Uh, and so the mayor of Bethlehem wanted to give us a certificate. So I went down with my friend Terry Hill, who's a coach there. I spoke to the mayor of Bethlehem. And I told him that our church got graffitied. He was very sorry. And then I told that to the vice mayor uh, that we got graffitied and uh, attacked that way. And the vice mayor says, you know, Pastor, let me tell you something. During the Intifada, when there was a rebellion of the Palestinians against Israelis, you know, Bethlehem was in flames. There were, we Christians were in the crossfire. My 12-year-old daughter was shot and killed. I was shot nine times. And he always said, he said, Pastor Al, we must forgive because Jesus Christ forgave us. Wow. So that's all things work together for good. Al, sharing that reminds me of a devotional thought I read this morning from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the morning and evening. It's based on Psalm one twelve seven. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. The gist of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's commentary here is that we have a Heavenly Father we can call on in times of distress. And that's how we are also a witness to the world of His grace and His mercy. And you mentioned offering forgiveness. A tragic story, but seeing that we can offer forgiveness and mercy in these times. Hmm. It's a powerful testimony of Christ. Right, exactly. So prior to moving to Israel in 2007, you had pastored in Italy, you had pastored in Austria. I haven't been to Italy. I did spend about three months in Austria with Operation Mobilization, beautiful country, would love to go back. Talk about the circumstances leading up to you to become a candidate for the church in Jerusalem. Well, everywhere we've gone, Italy, Austria, we've loved being there and 12 years of church planting in Italy also pastoring Milan Bible Church, and then we got called to this church in Vienna. And of course, we're still missionaries, and our heart is to reach people with the gospel. So with uh, our ministry in Italy or Vienna, we were pastoring, but also doing open-air evangelism, you know, open-air campaigners. And we um, love to preach the gospel. So that's part of my DNA, because I was saved in an open air, Shea Stadium, and my wife and I met as summer missionaries in Italy on an open air team. I played the mandolin, she played the ukulele. So we were working with the church planting team in Rome, singing and preaching the gospel. You still play the mandolin? Uh, not for a lot, long time, but mostly chords, yeah. mostly chords. So, but we had a good time, and then uh, we were very happy in Vienna doing outreach, working with the church, international church called Grace Church. I was offered the possibility of going to Israel on a pastor's tour to learn how to do a tour to take people from Austria. So I was there January of 2006. I went there, and I had a great tour. At the end of the tour, I said, I want to visit a Messianic Assembly, church, whatever. So I visited a Messianic Assembly Saturday. I met a couple he said, oh, we also go to Jerusalem Baptist Church on Sunday, so come with us there. So I went there. It happened that when we were there, one of my friends from Italy was preaching. <laughs> he was a missionary in Italy who was reaching Jews from Russia in Rome and had then transferred to Israel and was preaching, so I hadn't seen him in years. 
And then I was asked to give a testimony or a greeting from my church in Vienna. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel well prepared because I was in shorts, you know. And, you know, <laughs> you're in your tourist attire. <laughs> yeah, tourist attire, even though it was January, but yeah. it was, I like shorts, you know. And then uh, I told about, you know, we give greeting to you, and this is what God is doing in Austria. You know, it was hard to leave Austria, you know, for sure, because we had, we loved the people. We had a lot of Muslims come to faith. We had, we baptized 80 Iranian Muslims oh, there who came. Beautiful. So that, by the grace of God, I think most of them are walking with the Lord. You know how it is. Sure. They make professions. But so I, I shared about that. Then the deacon, Bruce, Bruce, uh, who, who Mona, like, you know, she knew, comes up, said, you know, Al, you look Jewish, okay? And you're Italian like an Israelis. You make a good pastor here. Because <laughs> they didn't have a pastor. I said, well, thank you very much. Thank you, but no thank you. I'm very happy in Vienna. But I began to think about that. I went back, and he kept calling me again. And we had a good ministry there. But then uh, the Lord began to close doors, and this idea of coming to Israel became a live option. Yeah. So within a year and a half, I said, okay, well, we'll try it out. So we came in Canada and accepted us. And we weren't with um, another mission group, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We were with a church planning group in Europe and now Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I do, uh, and I got accepted by the church, and I do the church, but I also do outreach ministries with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I'm known as um, both a pastor and a sports guy. Yeah. You know? So you left the Vienna Flying Horses uh, yeah. for... <laughs> All the cats in Israel. <laughs> the wild cats of Israel. Who were called or brought in by the British to take care of the mice. So, okay. Yeah, I never have seen so many cats in my life when, yeah, I know. when I was there. And, and people love cats there. They feed them and all. Yeah. You know, I, I know you have spent much time studying the land of Israel prior to going studying at Dallas Theological Seminary and all your pastoral studies and preaching the scriptures. When you went there and you actually moved, you and Billy, your wife, moved there, what were some of your first impressions about life in Israel and, and actually living there, not as a tourist, but as somebody who was making that their home? Well, of course, I was always interested in the biblical sites. In fact, I was jealous of uh, my friends who spent, you know, uh, Randy Price has been there 90 times. Charlie Dyer, you know Charlie Dyer of Moody, he's 90 times. Oh, these guys get to really see the land. Now they're jealous of me because I live there. <laughs> but I really had an insatiable desire to know the land uh, of the Bible to, so I can get a correct interpretation. And not only the land, but the people. And that's the most important thing. The people and the culture. And which the you, culture. And you've learned a lot about that. Yes. The, the, the culture... Of course, it's a mixed culture, Jewish and Arab, and I learned a lot about the Jewish feasts, which I, you know, in the States, I, I'm, I come from uh, Short Hills, New Jersey, 40% Jewish. I knew about Passover. But I didn't know about Feast of Tabernacles, you know, uh, that's called Sukkot. I didn't know about Shavuot, like Pentecost or Yom Kippur. I didn't know a lot about these, but you're certainly there and you learn a, yeah. a lot because they celebrate them yes. all the time. They're very serious about celebrating them. And, of course, the land, it speaks for itself. The land cries out. It's wonderful to see prophecy being fulfilled. And so my focus, though— is not dead stones, but living stones. It's the people. So you get to know people, 
and we love people. We have a good Jewish friend. In fact, uh, he died last year, but we're, we're spending a lot of time with his wife, Sybil. Was that Coop or Cope? How, how do you say his name? It was K-O-P-P? Is that his last name? Who? The, the man you're speaking of. No, Kaplan. Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. But there was a, a K-O-P-P cop. Yeah. Yeah, he was a pastor. He's with the Lord now. He died this year. Chuck Cop. he was a good friend. He has the Saturday morning congregation. We have Sunday morning. So he was a good friend, and he passed into eternity. But he, he's been there a long time. My friend Barry, he's from Kansas City and immigrated. We met in um, language school, Barry and Sybil. So we became very close. In fact, he he considers me his best friend, and uh, and I did a lot for him. He did a lot for me. And he said, I'll come to your church. Don't try to convert me. I said, well, I'll come to your synagogue. Don't try to convert me. But we exchange <laughs> yeah. cultures, we call it. But he said he, he appreciated so much to his Christian friends. So, yes. But he passed on last year. But we spent a lot of time with Sybil now. So relationships are important, it, not only for them, but also we go into Bethlehem. We have a lot of Arab friends. Uh, you know, we're peacemakers. Christians, you know, we, we follow the Prince of Peace, right? Yes. We reconcile. So yes. God loves the Jew. God loves the Arabs. And that's the perspective you have to take. Denomination, listen, you know, okay, we're Baptist, but we love all the saints. And we, we're supposed to show unity, especially in, you know, we're in this uh, fishbowl yep. environment. We have to show unity as believers in Jesus. Well, you mentioned Sybil, this dear friend of yours that recently has become a widow. Not too long ago, we we're having an enjoyable evening with Sybil. The siren sounded, uh, meaning bomb alert. yes. That's something that you hear frequent? Well, <laughs> the last one, uh, maybe I'm hard of hearing something. I didn't hear it, but she called it. Did you hear it? Now, in 2014, there were more bombings coming to Jerusalem. And we do hear the siren, and we're supposed to go into our hallway, which we did. And then we have actually a church um, bomb shelter. It's in a youth room, so we go down there. Any other places, they like Ikea. You go in, there's a bomb shelter. And so during that time, there were sirens, so everyone's ushered into the bomb shelter. We, we did see some bombs, you know, overhead occasionally. I was in Bethlehem and with a friend from Dallas Seminary. Heard the sirens said, look in the sky, there's fireworks. And there was a, a missile from Gaza coming and an anti-missile chasing it. Oh, so you watched that? Yeah, and it exploded. Everyone's watching it like it was like uh, <laughs> fireworks, you know. But, you know, I tell people, listen, this is a rare occasion. They have the anti-missile. And then if it doesn't hit a city, you know, or populated area, they just let it go. People do get killed. You know, without a doubt, we were in two months ago in Tel Aviv, and we heard the siren went down the bomb shelter, and I saw some of the swirls. And one attack then, somebody got killed in Tel Aviv. So it does happen. I mean, it's not like. But the chances are very slim. So I tell people it's not dangerous. Sometimes I say it's it's safer there in Israel than in the States in some cities. Well, to be honest with you, when I traveled in 2018 on those two occasions, I actually felt safer in Israel than I do sometimes Memphis, here in Memphis. Memphis yeah. yeah, There's a verse out of Psalm 27.1, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What does that verse mean to you in times of demonstrations and conflict and bombings? Well, um, he's our stronghold for sure. I love Psalm 91 too, right? You know, who dwells in the presence of the Almighty will be protected. He will give his angels charge concerning you, even from the pestilence. So yeah. 
switching over the theme of COVID, you know, I asked my congregation, what was worse, the intifada when there was bus bombings or COVID? You know what they said? COVID. Wow. I mean, bus bomb. Yeah. It's just totally devastated us and um, taken away our freedom. We can't do this and can't do that. So I rely on that. In fact, our church, we met every Sunday, except for one or two, we couldn't go in. So we met at Mount of Olives for church service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the Bible says, meet, don't forsake the assembling. It was good when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Yeah. So I said, uh, we, we tried to obey the law as much as possible. They said, you can't pray more than a kilometer from your house. Well, that has to do with synagogues. They're all over. But church, so we tested it out. On a Sunday, we went, you know, and I had to open the church, and I went with our cook. who We prepare meals, or she does. There was a roadblock right before the church, police. I said, where are you going? I said, we're going to church to worship Jesus. And he said, okay, go right ahead. <laughs> so we tested it out, and we were there. And so God, you know, by faith, we, we uh, God protected. Nobody got COVID the whole year. God protected us. So I always tell people, because I see these preachers, you know, big preachers, they have security guards. And my friend, even in Baghdad, understandably, has 25-man security guard, Andrew White. John MacArthur has three, you know. I said, well, I'm in Jerusalem. I'm very well known by God. (laughs) And I said, I have a three-man security team, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's all I need. (laughs) So we felt when you're doing the Lord's work, you know, especially in evangelism, especially reaching out, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Lo, I am with With you you always. always, So that even even to the end of the age. So – there's a special blessing of protection when you're going out and making disciples of all nations. So wow. as long as we're doing the will of God, yeah. we feel totally protected. Amen. Pastor Al, our time on this show is actually coming to an end. Is there any way you could hang around and we could continue this conversation? I would love to do that. Sure. Pastor Al Nutcheroni from the Jerusalem Baptist Church is here with us today. We're going to pick up the conversation with Pastor Al next time. If somebody wants to learn more about your ministry, I know you've got several books that are available. Right. Is there a website, an email? What can folks well, do? Well, of course, uh, and we work with FCA, FCA, www.fca.org, or with the church, very simple, JerusalemBaptistChurch.org. I do have some books out, recent one, Equipped for the End Times, Ten Vital Principles for High-Impact Leadership. One of my favorite themes, the return of Christ, the soon return of Jesus the Messiah. Are you ready? Yeah. So we see it all happening there. So I felt I needed to write something about the return of the Lord. So JerusalemBaptistChurch.org is the website you can go to, friend, and learn more information. And then there, this is, you know, we're not Amazon people. It's Lulu.com yeah. for the books. Lulu. Lulu.com. Lulu.com. Okay. Well, friends, we're going to pick it up next time with Pastor Al right here on Mid-South Viewpoint. Hope you'll stay tuned. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.